Hello and welcome to the Clarissa and Mitch Explain Life podcast, the show where we look at life from the point of view of two generations. I am Mitch and I am Clarissa and and we are mother and daughter. So we won't always agree but we hope we will always show how things are now and how they've changed over the years. In this podcast we aim to pick subjects to discuss that are relevant today but we will look at them from the viewpoint of two generations. So whatever you're doing enjoy the podcast and we're always happy to hear your feedback. Hello and welcome to episode six, uh, series two of Clarissa and Mitch Explain Life. Um, we are recording from my kitchen today, so if there's any, not we've no microphone. It's we're using the laptop recorder. So if there's outside noise, bangs, hisses, whatever, squeaky chairs, apologies for that. Uh, but you know, like it's all real, isn't it? Hello, Mum. Hello, everybody. Um, apologies if I sound a bit funny. I went to the dentist this morning, so I've got... Well, it's nearly not numb, but I'm just a little bit numb. Dribbly. Still. Dribbly. Yeah, it's disgusting, actually. <laughs> but it was the joy of wearing a mask, actually, after the dentist, because I was very dribbly immediately afterwards, and uh, a lot of it was absorbed by the mask. You really wanted to know that, didn't oh, you? God. I think you need to change the mask. I have already. I know. I was joking. Um, So, yeah, as I said on my Instagram this morning, we have decided, made an executive decision that we're going to start doing the podcast bi-monthly. Bi-weekly? Every other week. Oh, I thought bi-monthly means twice a month. Every other month. Oh, sorry. Okay, bi-weekly. So every other week, you know, so two two a month because for a lot of reasons, trying to get together, you know, I mean, I said, as I said to mum the other day, really, we should try and do a couple together, but we haven't done that. And we're not being paid. We've no Patreon. We do this for the fun and for the, the five people who actually follow us and listen should see the face mum's making at me <laughs> as if to say, excuse me. Not just fine, is it? No, it's not that many, though. Right. The, the listenership went down for some reason. So it's probably me. No. It was higher when it was just you. No. So if you are listening to this, which obviously you are, otherwise you wouldn't hear what I'm about to say, <laughs> spread the word, please. Yeah. You know, we, we hope that um, our podcast is a mixture of fun and information. And um, if you enjoy it, please spread the word and maybe other people might enjoy it. Yeah, it's funny because we've talked about this before and I, I share it on my Instagram all the time, but I'm a little bit more reluctant to share it on Facebook. Facebook isn't it funny? And I think yeah. it's because experience has taught me Facebook, there's a lot of begrudgery and people mm. don't share yeah. what they don't, what they're not interested in, mm. even if it's for the sake of family or friends, mm. you know, they'll still like, I don't know. It's it's like as if they're being seen not to be cool or I, God knows what it is. Mm. Mm. Do family and friends share your, your business yeah, posts? Some on... of them, not many. Yeah, not many. You said that to me before that yeah. you were surprised at how few of the, in inverted commas, family actually share yeah. business stuff. It's, yeah. it's as I said I don't know and I, I mean my 
my business is all based on the premise that um, everything we do, there's a positive intention. So I don't know why people are reluctant to share. Mm. I get more shares on Facebook from cyber friends than I do mm. from real friends and family or mm. family and friends, should I say. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe people think if they share, they have to actually come to me for a, a session or something. Well, do you know what? You might have just hit it on the head. Or it might look like if I shared yeah. Clarissa's post, people might think that I've actually been to her. Yes. And I, I have the, a problem that <laughs> I, Clarissa's helping me with. Yeah. Anyway, it's anyway. Very, Listen, it's a very strange family anyway, so... Um, it's a strange world. It's a strange world as well. And families are strange. And families are strange. No matter from the outset whether they look like the most normal, in inverted commas, family, guarantee you dig into them and they... Mm. Absolutely. They're, um, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, is hidden. Well, I also think that one, one has the impression that... Um, that uh, there is um, a normal family. Oh, good lord! The ghost. See, there the you ghost. go. <laughs> the bang. Anyway, quite a And that leads us on that. very nicely See? onto what we're going to talk about today, which yes. is is imposter syndrome. So. I am going to make an admission about imposter. Imposter. You see, that's my slightly numb um, gum. Not I quite saying she's, imposter. She's pointing to yeah. it, by the way. Look, I'm pointing to it. Anyway, uh, it's a, Clarissa actually mentioned it recently. Well, I suppose it's probably three or four weeks ago now. Yeah. And it wasn't something that I had ever really given very much thought to. And then I realized that actually, I reckon I suffer from imposter, imposter syndrome. And just to... Just to get it clear, in case you are as much in the fog about imposter syndrome as I am, I looked it up. And this is the definition. Imposter syndrome, it actually also has other names, is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all they've achieved. Yeah, um, I've done I've done a, a lot more research into imposter syndrome Good. over the past year or two. Uh, it came up, you know, along the way. That's our chairs. Yes. Making, I've got really old kitchen chairs, so. Apologies squeak. for the squeaking. Um, and I, you know, it was actually, it was actually a good thing to learn that I have it, but not only me have it, but I think everyone has it. Well, I was just about to say that. Once we started talking about mm. it three or four weeks ago, I certainly have it. And then I thought, actually, probably everybody does mm. in a smaller or a bigger degree. I think they say that um, they say in you know again something I've read is that uh, really the only people who probably don't have it are people who are psychopaths or sociopaths mm, because they've no sense of um, 
self-doubt. Yeah, like, and and it's a known fact, like the word psychopath, sociopath, that it's usually, it's labels from, you know, horror movies, but actually there are quite a, a few, a, a lot of people among us who are sociopaths. And not every sociopath, in fact, very few sociopaths become the sort of horror movies, um, murderers and stuff. But they do become very, very successful CEOs and businessmen. Um, and it's been said that the likes of Donald Trump, or, you know, those type of people are probably have sociopathic traits because mm. they don't particularly care they're not empathetic. They don't care who they have to walk over to get where they... And that's why they become so, so, so mm. successful. Well, they always say that, don't they? Yeah. They're very successful business people. You don't get to the top. No. Making friends. No. And be, you know, and not really caring about what they do. So mm. they, ergo, they don't have... They believe who they are. They believe what they are. They believe that they are a success and there's no imposter syndrome. And that they deserve it. Yeah. There's no you know, such <laughs> thing as imposter syndrome for them. Because one of the things about imposter, imposter syndrome... Could I just Why don't say we just IS? Because I'm having real trouble saying the word I am as well imposter. and I don't have a bloody <laughs> number. It's coming back very quickly. Um, is <sighs> that people who have IS believe that anything that has come to to them is through luck yeah yeah that's one of the one of the including success in something, something be it yeah. being a parent or well i was just about to say talking mm. about myself and this is not something that i've actually thought about all my life because i repeat i've actually had never heard heard of is until clarissa mentioned it in a different context but one of the things that I think I suffer mostly in for IS is being a mother I it's, it's very strange and very very hard to explain but I don't think I am a mother well I mean I know I'm a mother on one level and I, I keep feeling that at some stage I'm going to be exposed mm. Even after 53 years or so <laughs> Minus years. a day. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, it's, I, it's very, very hard to explain, but inside me, I do not feel capable of being a mother. Now, for those who don't know, I've got four children. So... Adult. Adult children, obviously. But something inside me does not believe that I am capable of being a mother. I, I, I can't explain that really. It's funny because I don't have, I don't, I would not label my um, feelings of inadequacy around being a mother as imposter syndrome. But I would. Yeah, I'm me. just saying I, I actually do feel yeah. I am an imposter mm. pretending to be, but then, I suppose a good mother would be, maybe I should put the word good before a mother. I don't know. But then none of us were given, it's the old, you know, saying you're not given a handbook on how to be a mother. Yes, and as we've spoken mm. about in previous podcasts about your yeah. situation, particularly mm. when your, because your mother passed away when you were three. So 
you never had a mother role model. You didn't have a role model mother figure. You had a stepmother who did not act like a mother towards you. I wouldn't like to think that I was following her in any way. No. And then you had two like spinster aunts who mm. were not mothers. They were, you know, oh. so you didn't have that. Whereas I did. And maybe that's why I don't feel, mm. actually, maybe that's why I feel the, where the, rather than feeling like an imposter, the inadequacy of the feeling that I have around being a mother, maybe that comes from um, looking at you and thinking of how good a mother you are oh. and have been. Wow. Because I certainly, it, I certainly don't have it in that sense. I have. I wonder if every but every mother feels inadequate. Oh, I think so. I mean, you look at motherhood. The the show, the Sharon Horgan mm. written show, mm. Motherland, mm. and you know they all look like they have their shit together. Yeah. But actually, when you peel back, they're all mm. like even the Irish girl, and she's like Mother Earth and oh, everything, gosh, and she's so like just so yeah. frenetic. And then you've got the. And if you haven't watched the program Chris yeah. is talking about Motherland on, on Netflix. Netflix, it is it's brilliant, so funny. Um, and then you've got the blonde woman, and she looks oh. like she's got the perfect life, and actually, it's it's a hellish, you know. So do yeah. you know is is imposter syndrome just one of those terms that's bandied around now, or you know, I mean, like, I suppose this all stemmed from me saying I felt imposter syndrome at my business. And no matter how many clients I have, I come away thinking, uh, you know, the client will say to me, oh, that was brilliant and really enjoyed that. Thank you so much. It was fabulous. Mm. I feel better. Do, 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 do. And I, I, the, I am the definition of what you read out there because mm. I go, that was a fluke. That was, you know, it's pure, pure fluke and luck that they feel that way. They were ready oh. to feel that way. I had nothing to do, which I actually, I tell all my clients, I'm just the tool. They do the work, but still, I, I'm i the one that facilitates them to make that change. Mm. But I still come away going, oh, ooh, you know, mm. sort of. And there goes. I was lucky to get away with that. Yeah. With that client. And absolutely. this is how this whole thing about art. Uh, imposter syndrome so is becoming more huh. able to say imposter as my <laughs> gum comes back um because clarissa was talking to me about a client obviously without names or details but she was just saying to me that you know the the client had absolutely just so happy and so congratulatory about clarissa's way of dealing with this client's problems and Carissa actually said to me you know and I, I just feel like such an imposter mm. and that's how this whole conversation and realization about imposter syndrome came about and the funny part is I know I've spoken to my sister Anna about this previously and she this was before the whole imposter syndrome thing but not before it but this was before it was even mentioned and her her and, you know, because I was like, oh, you know, how do I get that confidence and da, da, da. And as she said, you know, she was just like, fake it till you make it. And I think that's what we all oh, do. That's very true. Yeah, to a certain extent yeah. we do. And then working with Moira, I remember having the conversation 
about the little parts of us. So that in in QTT, which is what my well, my hypnotherapy is the main business, but I studied QTT, which is quantum thinking technology, and that works on working with your subconscious mind. But the the foundation of it is that we all have little parts of ourselves. Mm. There's the there's the doubter, there's the um there's the confident one. The they're critic. not all negative they're not all negatives. They're no. all the parts of us that mm. are make us up. Mm. So we have the the confident one, the happy one, the negative one, the doubter, the critic, you know. Mm. And some at some stages in our lives they they will be louder than all the other little parts. Mm. So what I remember Moira doing the action. She got us actually to do this this um, thing where we picked the mini me or part of us that we wanted to portray in a certain situation. So, for instance, you're a woman going into a big meeting uh, with like five men, and you're the only woman. So what she sort of said was, right, what you do is you step into in inverted commas, your masculine self. We all have, mm. men and women have masculine and feminine. You know, like a classic example of a woman who was always in her masculine self would have been Margaret Thatcher. Absolutely. But then you have the likes of, um, you've got Oprah Winfrey, who's very much in her masculine, but also in her feminine. Mm. You know, so she's a very strong woman. Mm. She's very, but she's she's got the feminine side as well. Mm. Um, Michelle Obama. Does it work the other way? Yeah. Men. Yeah. yeah. Men can be, you know, they can. Men who are successful with women tend to stay in their masculine, but bring out the let their feminine side show. Be, show. Mm. Whereas most men will be afraid to let that part of themselves. That's true come to mm. the fore mm. so another one that she was saying was say you were feeling um you were going in for an interview so again you think of how you would like to come across in that interview and you step into that part mm. uh i was saying it to someone recently they were feeling really sort of you know they weren't feeling great and i said right well you know i want you to just stand up and imagine yourself a superwoman and immediately, if you imagine yourself a superwoman, your whole physique will change. You'll, your shoulders mm. will go back. Your head will go up. You know, you'll sort of take a power stance, even just thinking about this is how. And that gives your neurotransmitters the chance to process. And you all, you will naturally, your subconscious will naturally get into that state. Mm. So if you're going mm. for an interview, you're going to a meeting where you feel nervous if you say to yourself, I am superwoman, I have this, I am confident, mm. you know, you will immediately, physically you'll, and energetically, you will take on that. It's funny, it can backfire. I don't know if you remember. Um, I I worked for um, the Central Statistics oh, Office yeah. for several years and mostly on the um, census. So each time you had to interview. And I had done the job, I think, three times, something like that. And for the fourth time, I went for the interview. And I just, like, my attitude, I have to say, was, 
well, I mean, I know how to do the job. I'm good at the job. The, the job is mine for the taking. And I didn't get the job. As it happened, I think it was the time of the foot and mouth. So it was actually cancelled. And I did get it when it was when it came subsequently, back. Yes, yeah, yeah. subsequently. And I am good at that, that job. I was good at that job. But something you said... Um, fake it till you make it. Mm. I think that is such a good piece of advice. Mm. Because again, going back to that job, the first time I did that job was the first time I had gone into paid employment since having children. I think Ryan was probably about, um, it was 1991, so he would have been nine-ish. Nine, yeah, nine, ten. And... I had to train 11 people mm -hmm. to do a job that I hadn't a clue how to do. Like you had a, obviously a, a book and I literally faked it till I made it. Mm. Um, it's a really good piece of advice. Mm. If you have the confidence that you can do something, even if there's a little voice saying to you, well, actually, you know, you, on what are you basing this assumption that you can do it? Fake it till you make it. My, it's a good piece. Of my sister Rebecca is queen of that. <gasps> my God, she is. She is queen of fake it oh, till you make it. Oh my God, she is. <clears throat> Whereas you see, I, I find fake till you make it. I, I find that quite hard because I'm such an honest person. Mm. So I'm very sort of. Becky will go into an interview. She, Becky has never not gotten a job that she's interviewed for because, and even jobs that she'd never worked in before. I mean, Tesco, she'd never worked in retail. Never. And she went in England, she went for an interview to be a supervisor in a shop and she got the job. And I was like, how did she get that job? Because she is, she is someone who does fake it till you make it, yeah. but she doesn't even know she's doing it. No. She has that natural ability to, and belief. Bullshittery. Belief <laughs> yeah. is the big one. And she's just changed jobs about a month ago, actually. And she, like, she got the job and she's got a team of about 25 people mm. under her. And she hasn't any <coughs> experience of the particular industry <laughs> no. that she's in. But she knows. She that, is, but that's yeah. the difference. Like, we've all called Becky. Like, Becky's, you know... A blagger, you know, she's got the oh, blag, well, is, yeah. the gift of the gab, the blag. In, and, and I think she just goes in and puts that superwoman cloak on her naturally. I don't think she even has to do it. No. If that's, she does do you get do, what I mean? Oh, absolutely. She does do her research before. Oh, yeah. Should we all do that? Which obviously. I'm, yeah. Yeah, but it almost sounds as if she's going in for the interviews. Oh, yeah, no. No, she... she naturally puts her super but what i'm saying is on. i will go for an interview that i am more than qualified for yeah but i go in doubting myself yes and i don't get the jobs yeah like i went for that job last thank god and then when i don't get the job i go well that was the universe that stepped yeah. in i wasn't meant to have that job yeah. but i went for the job in boots before i started in the nursing home and i was convinced i had that job mm. i had done years of retail years ago um, you know, mm. thought I'd answered all the questions right and I didn't get the job and I was really thrown by it. Mm. Having, you know, just like a, a sales, I don't mean just, mm. a position of sales assistant. I wasn't mm. looking to be a manager. And I was really like, 
but I I know that I go into interviews with that aura, mm. with that sort of doubt. Doubt. You always. go in with a cloak of doubt. Yeah. Becky goes in with a cloak of absolute positivity yeah. that she's going to get the job. Absolutely. And this time, this job she's just got, she had she went through three stages of interview yeah. on Zoom. Yeah. Which is a whole different ballgame. Oh, I loved my interview with Zoom. Did you? Yeah. Did you? I'd much rather it than mm. in real life. Yeah. Okay. It was like when I went for the the Alzheimer's yeah. position. That, and I know I got that job and I was told that I was perfect for it. But actually, Number one candidate, <clears throat> incidentally. Yeah. But actually, because of the whole insurance debacle, I'm actually glad I didn't get it. Cause I, and I think, again... <laughs> what does Clarissa harp on about the universe and all Mm. that you know but I yeah I definitely think the old imposter I think it's it's bigger in some people Mm. so if you do identify that you have any degree of imposter syndrome in you Mm. how do you think you cope with it well there's a fabulous, um, I've talked about her loads of times, Mel Robbins. She's an American. Mm. She wrote a book, but she's done quite a I'm lot. Sure she's written a lot of books. No, oh. well, she's just written her second book oh. now. But um, she she's done a whole thing on imposter syndrome. And the bottom line, there's no, there's no there's no way around it. Mm. You've just got to keep at it. You've just got to do whatever it is. Mm. And believe that you can do it. Mm. You know, there's a difference between going for, um, like, it's we're not talking here about going to apply to be a, a brain surgeon no. and never having gone to college. That's, no, you know, Lord, we're not I, talking about woo. that. It's when you are experienced in something, but you still don't believe that you have the ability mm. to be good at that. Worthy. No, not worthy. To be good at it. Right. Proficient. Mm. As you said, motherhood. You Mm. you know, you've got four living children, 53 nearly years old and down, and you say you still feel like you're a bit like an imposter. You know, Mm. the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, I know. But I'm not convinced... What I'm asking you is how do you how do you increase your self belief and decrease your feelings of imposter by by confirming the parts that you're wobbling about like right. what I've just said to you 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 think well you know have I just mm. yeah no one's perfect you have made mistakes I've made mistakes but then you turn around and you go. Right, but yes, my children, I mm. brought them all up. They're healthy and well, adults, mm. you know, as well as they can be. I think you I know. feel an imposter in a lot of different yeah. situations, to be honest yeah. with you. I really do. and I, But I don't think it's really impacting on my life, except when I give thought to it. Exactly. I, that sounds a bit... No, the corner, but I mean the the part the the I suppose when this all came up, it was about me mm. having done my course and get trying to get my business up and running, and at the moment again still, you know, working on getting clients through the door, and with every client I have, I get that sort of oh, you know, mm. and then I'm fine again. So mm. I think it's more in that but it sense. It must be very difficult. 
to actually, I, I totally understand how it can happen in your situation because people are coming to you with their deepest feelings and thoughts mm. and problem. Mm. I mean, I think I, you never talk about your clients no. except in very, very um, vague, vague, you know, you might just say, oh, I had a client this morning and I really think I helped her or him. Mm. But I mean, you, you, you would never give me an example of a problem that your client has. No, because my, yeah, my whole business is based on confidentiality. In the same way that I know my therapist would never talk about me, except perhaps to her supervisor. Yeah. But it must be really difficult feeling that you have this person's, mm. um, well, I use the word well-being in the palm of your hand. It's a huge responsibility. Uh, actually, no, because oh. as I said a while back, I make it very clear to them that they're the ones doing the work. Yes. And that I am just there to facilitate mm. Mm. and help them. I have the toolbox yeah. that I've learned that can help them yeah. to get get through an issue. Mm. And I don't, you know, I don't deal with people. I'm not a counsellor, no. so I don't deal with people who have very severe, you know, issues. Trauma. Or type, traumas. Yeah. And if, yeah. if they come to me, I, I point them in the right direction. Mm. So it's to... I'm more helping people with certain issues mm. that they're struggling with in life. Mm. Um, but if they came back, like I've had clients, a couple, one or two clients over the years have come back and go, well, that didn't work. And I just, the first time it happened, I was like, for about two minutes, I was like, oh no, oh my yeah. God. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I stopped. Out. <laughs> yeah. And then I stopped and I thought, hang on a second. I did everything right. I did everything that I would do with any other client that I've had success with. So the only difference is, is the person sitting in front of me. So it's there. It's, it's about them mm. not being ready. Yeah. And that's not any fault or blame. And mm. I, I told the person, I said, well, you know, you came to me, you, and I did everything that I needed to do. So maybe you weren't ready to do the yeah. work and that yeah. person wasn't. And again, the, the second person I worked with, the very same. But I had I knew that person wasn't ready before that. And I you've always with them. said that. Yeah. That, you know, in your line of, of help, whether it's QTT or whether it's um, hypno, hypno yeah. the person has to be ready. Yeah. And I'll turn yeah. a person away if I don't think they're mm, ready. I, right. Not turn yeah. them away, but I'll say, look, I'll be totally honest because I want to help people and I want them to be ready. So I will say that to them. And there's no imposter syndrome mm. in there. No. I know very well when someone is ready to do the work and when they're not. Some people will push me and beg me and say, please. And I did do that with one person because I thought, look, I mean, they may not be ready, but I can help them push through Get a few ready, issues. Even. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, look, this isn't a podcast about me talking about my business, but it is where I have felt it mm. most mm. in recent times. Mm. Um, but again, I think, as my very wise sister says, it literally you have to just go fake it till you make it yeah. and just do whatever it is. Usually it's something you've learned mm. and you're about to do in reality, as in 
you know, a lot of the students who've done a lot of learning mm. and they they go and they have to start doing it in real life. Oh, stop. They have to fake it till they make it. I mean, yeah. every surgeon has done their first surgery. Absolutely. You know? Hope it wasn't on me. <laughs> You'd never know. You'd, I'd, I'd hope not. Do you know what I mean, yeah. though? But they're yeah. always supervised yeah. Yeah. and there's always, you know, there's always protection. Yeah. But everyone has at first at something. That's quite true. You yeah. know, and everyone, and then you go, oh, God, every, there was a last time my little boy sat on my knee. <laughs> There's all those ones I've seen. Oh, God, they're heartbreaking, yeah. you know. There was a last time I sat on my son's bed or my daughter's bed and read them a story. Oh, you get it again with grandchildren. Well, apparently I'm not having any, so. No, apparently I'm not. But that's probably good for the world, I've been told. Oh, you might be surprised, you know. Well, my son told me, don't be too shocked if... Anyway, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> oh, um, Lord. So, now, I think we can wrap that up. I do so, too. The, the moral of the story is fake it till you make it. Yeah. And when it comes to imposter syndrome. And, so believe, you're, and actually, I think also, believe in yourself. Exactly. You know? And put the superwoman or superman cloak on you know imagine yep. yourself like literally stand up now mm. if you feel a bit like oh i can't do something stand mm. up now where you are close your eyes and imagine yourself standing in a superman or superwoman oh, and also outfit. put your knickers outside your dress yeah absolutely yeah. do that in real life don't yeah. imagine that yeah and then you yeah. really won't have many problems <laughs> <laughs> so oh. as always um, to wrap it up, it's a this or that, and this is my time oh, for no, Mama. Oh, no, I didn't see this coming. Oh, oh good Lord. Right. Oh, dear. So, Mother. Yes, daughter. Would you rather have super sensitive taste buds or super sensitive hearing? Hearing. Would you? Super sensitive, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Because you'd hear everything. Oh, yeah, but can you imagine if everything reacted in your mouth super sensitively? I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't have thought it in that word. I would have thought that you were sensitive in that you can taste everything in a really... Okay, ask me again then. No, you've <laughs> given your answer. You didn't think about it enough. I didn't, you're right. Would you... Oh. Would you rather lose all your money and valuables... Or lose all the pictures that you have ever taken. Well, I would absolutely hate to t lose all the pictures I've ever taken. So I think it's money and valuables. Because you can't get the pictures back. Exactly, but you could sort of possibly get money, well, you know, enough money to survive anyway. Yeah. I'd hate to lose all my pictures. Yeah. Hate it. Would you rather be feared by all or loved by all? <laughs> I definitely loved. Oh, you are loved by all, oh. though. That's a stupid question because there's no fear. No one fears you. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised, actually. Really? Somebody very recently told me that they were, they were very um, reluctant to bring something up with me because I'd bite their head off. I'm not even going to tell you who it was. I'm going to ask her after this podcast. And I'm not going to tell her. I will hypnotise it out <laughs> of her. Um, 
Would you rather never get angry or never be envious? I'd rather never be envious. Mm. Yeah, me too. Nothing wrong with getting angry, as long as you can stop. Yeah. Would you rather speak to animals or speak ten foreign languages? I know what you'll answer. (laughs) Animals, definitely. I'd love to... I, I have two rescue dogs. And I have a good idea the background of one of them. But the other one, I would love to know where he started and what his story is. I would love it. If I could be given just five minutes to communicate with him. Mind you, you probably wouldn't remember because he's gone a bit da-da in their head. (laughs) Oh, imagine. I know. I mean, who gave him up? Oh, this is this is a good one. Would you rather have someone tell you the brutal truth or have them lie to protect your feelings? Oh my good grief. Honestly, I would rather them lie to protect my feelings. I think sometimes you don't need to know the brutal truth. That's so true. Oh, that's what I would say. Mm. Oh, um, sorry, just I'm spinning through my phone here. We'll have two more. <laughs> oh, no. There's a look of evil pleasure on her face. Would you rather have a spouse that chews loudly or spits when they talk? Oh. Do I really have to choose one or the yeah. other? Oh, I have an absolute thing about noisy eaters. But on the other hand, Spitting when you talk is revolting. If I have to choose one, it would probably be loud eating. You'd rather have loud eating? Yeah. Yeah. And I I really would rather not either of them. Same here. Oh, I can't bear oh. loud eaters. But I can't bear people who spit when oh, they talk. Oh, neither can I. But then, masks? Yes, they've changed that a bit. You don't even see old... Dodgy oh. old men spitting on the pavements. I bet you do. I do. I saw someone the other day, oh, a no. woman. Oh, God. Would you rather... Okay, this is the last one. So I have to find a good one. Oh, gee. <laughs> this is your final question. Would you rather be on an aeroplane between two arguing passengers or sit next to a screaming infant? Oh, dear heavens. Arguing passengers, to be honest with you, because if I was in the middle of them and they were arguing across me, I would probably say to one of them, will you change chairs with me? You'd still hear them though, wouldn't you? I don't care. I put my headphones on. Where is it? Screaming infant. I mean, they can't help it. They really can't, but no. doesn't no, mean they I can't. Have to, exactly. No, it doesn't mean that I have get pleasure listening to them. Oh, no. Imagine if it was like a five hour flight. Oh good grief. Mind you, the chances of that nowadays are Well you'd still have five a screaming. Hour. Well I'm gone on a five hour flight. Is it five hours? It's four and a half. Is it? Mm. 
We've all been on those flights where there's a child in front of you oh, and they're standing staring well, at you for the whole flight and I, you're talking and you're, oh. you keep catching their eye and then you have to give them that silly smile and go, hello. Yes. And then they're and then staring you at you. Dodging down behind yeah. the seat and playing with them. <laughs> and then you've had enough of that, but they haven't. So you have to keep doing it. Beep them. Yeah. And then they're just keeping their, their oh. stare on you. And you just like, you look at you drop. I remember flying to <sighs> Portugal with Anna when Ella was a baby. Oh. And Ella had an absolute oh God. meltdown <laughs> on the plane. And the looks from the other oh, passengers. Stop. I felt like getting up and saying, what would you like us to do? Open yeah. a window and throw her out? <laughs> You, Which you is know, what you would have liked to have I done. I would have liked to have done that. But <laughs> anyway, it also had something to do with the fact that it was Ryanair and the seats were very small. Right. And Ella was of an age that she was on <gasps> Anna's lap. Oh, my God. It was a nightmare. God. Nightmare. Oh. Anyway. Right, listen, we're going to wrap up now. As usual, we've gone off on several tangents. That's the joy of a podcast. It is. I listen to podcasts like this and people mm. chatting and just talking about random stuff and they're my favorites yeah it's true. so i don't mind when we as long as we have a vague topic i think it's okay to go off on in tangents it's true so that's it for this fortnight and um we must plan our next one you'll Am be I... away oh no you won't. No, I won't we'll do one before you go away yeah so listen thank you for listening yes thank you as always and again we beg you to share or tell people who you think might be into podcasts if you enjoy this you mm. think they'd enjoy it please mm. tell them uh we're still available on all the platforms um and if you don't like it then just don't listen again and don't tell anyone that you don't like it <laughs> yeah just keep it to yourself please and thank you and um stay safe that's what mum loves saying that at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to just interrupt now or I'm going to finish off now with uh, be good. Bye. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and family and share the link. So until the next time, goodbye and, and stay, stay safe. safe.